Welcome to the Blacksmith Podcast. Today's episode is a continuation of episode one on financial tips for success. Moderated by Farron, today's discussion covers debt and compound interest. Understand what they are and how you can leverage both to reach your personal financial goals. Next topic of discussion uh, would be becoming debt free for seven. All right, so ultimately, as you're taking some of these steps, uh, we talk about spending uh, more, spending less than you make, uh, and putting that into habit. Habit with all of these practical steps. Um, essentially, what you what you want to be doing is, um, I think Juwan was the one that had touched on it previously. Um, if you've taken a traditional route uh, for higher education, you may have accrued things like student loans, or as you started out your your life. We understand, um, given. Um, our, our particular uh, backgrounds and, and demographics, we don't come from uh, wealth uh, where you have uh, parents or grandparents who have you know, laid the, the way or foundation for you financially to start out your lives. So your things like your first you know, vehicle, if you're getting an appointment, you're going to need you know, means of transportation. So you, you know, we, don't, we don't enjoy the luxuries that some of our um, white counterparts enjoy. to to get to that um that place where you you really have your first opportunity to um of almost you know i don't want to say level playing field but um your opportunity to to earn and start your life and so as you're doing that what you don't want to do is is have that become uh cyclic in nature and continue to uh spend money you don't have um the entire goal here is uh to accumulate wealth in the one of the key steps to doing that is eliminating um, some of the things that uh, are expenses of the past uh, that you you know didn't have the funds for at the time, and that is usually in, that's in the form of debt. Um, so it could be you know essentially in, in today's environment, um, the financial market is one of the most eye-opening things about that is that you know it's it's all fairly um, fairly simplistic if you look at it overall at an overall perspective uh money is transferred from people who have it to people who need it that is the entirety of the financial market that is exactly what uh investing is based off of in our whole financial uh picture it's people who have it to people who need it and so when we're setting aside our investments or um, money for the future uh, in the form of 401ks, for example, it is us setting aside money. We're doing it for gain, but what's really happening there in the financial market is we're saying these funds I'm allocating now, I do not currently need. I need them in the future. I need them at this age of retirement. And when you're giving that money, you're giving it to companies and organizations in the form of stock or, or you know, shares in their company. Um, as companies who need the money, they need the capital to um, create a return on investment. And they're saying, I need this capital to grow my business. I need this capital to increase my profits. And with that, I'm going to share with you a portion of it. Um, so the same thing we see happen on uh, more of a micro scale at your local bank. You know, there are funds that are deposited to uh, our individuals. I think Don mentioned that he would have more money today if he automated his savings. Um, so all that money that he has sitting there uh, at the bank, 
Um, it is sitting, he doesn't need it. So the bank is able to loan that out to someone for the purchase of a home, for example, or automobile, something that they don't have the funds for to pay outright or else they wouldn't be at the bank requesting it. So they do that uh, and gain a form of interest, which is what's paid back in very, very small quantities, as we know today in our traditional checking or money market or savings account. So that's the whole flow here. And where you wanna be at uh, in that flow is you, you don't want to be consistently putting a damper on your future earnings. Any debt that you have outstanding is impacting the amount of uh, funds that you have available uh, on a month to month basis. We look at it from inflows to outflows. So um, anyone that's listening and anyone um, who is, is familiar with the traditional bills uh, that you know most people have, as we mentioned into that needs category um, and even the wants, imagine your life without those expenses on your monthly budget. Imagine your, um, imagine your income coming in without the car payment, without the, I believe the average today is around $400. Imagine that extra $400 unallocated to the new vehicle that you have or the vehicle that you owe, um, that you have debt on, but back in your pocket, uh, back allocated to accumulating over time. Um, the same can be said for, you know, your, your residence or um, anything else. So in, in today's environment, that mechanism is so powerful for transferring money from those who have it to those who need it, that it's everywhere you see it. Abel was just speaking about um, the, the deals that are out there. So they they want to get you in the game, right? They want to keep you in that um, that process. And if you are accumulating wealth over time, you certainly want to put a damper on, on the debt that you have to increase that power. That wealth building tool that you have um, is is the income, is the funds that are coming in and you want to maximize it um, and make sure that you're treating it responsibly at, at, at every turn. So that's my message, get out of debt. You want to um, decrease that, what you have. There's several methods out there. There's the debt snowball, there's the debt avalanche. There is, um, some people just swear, swear themselves off of it. They cut the credit card up or whatever it may be. And uh, they may not even use a particular method, but they go for it. Um, there's looking at the highest interest rate, Wh whatever it is that that motivates you. Uh, you you don't want to be in that cycle. You don't want to be, um, you know, looking back 40, 50 years down the road and saying, man, look at all these funds that I've earned. But with it, um, what have I done? I think Jason has some input. Um, th those two things, um, eliminating debt has actually been one of the things that has helped me the most um there's two things i want to touch on with that one if you don't have any debt you don't have to make as much and then two debt is the allocation of your future time every time you get in debt you know for for lack of a better word is a form of slavery every time you get in debt you are allocating your future time and resources to pay someone back versus if you don't owe anyone anything your time and your resources could go to anything you did you you determine it should go to so um when i first got out of the military i had no debt so i took a couple months to think about what i wanted to do i didn't have a need to rush out and get a job I didn't have a need to do anything because now I 
didn't owe anyone anything. So my bills was so minimal. I could work at McDonald's and save money. <laughs> so, so yeah, those two things, you know, it, you know, everyone thinks about making more and more and more money. But another thing is if you don't have anything and you make money, you could do anything with that money you want. Yeah. yeah I think I think that's a, a great, great point, Jason. Um, if you really kind of going back to like the 50, 30, 20 thing, if you really look at your needs and then you did like those across a year, the amount that you actually would need to earn is, is not as much as you think it is. And I think a lot of times everyone is focused on getting that income up, which that is important. You need to try to get that as high as you can get it. But the missing part of the equation, like you like you guys are saying, is really getting that debt under control and getting it eliminated because, again, once you don't have that money going out, for me, similar to you, Jason, it really relieves a lot of stress. I don't have to worry about this bill and that bill because I don't, I won't owe anybody anything. So, yeah, I think that's really a great point of really trying to get out. Yeah, Chris, I really appreciate the uh, points you've made. Uh, one of the questions I had is, uh, what do you say to people who can't avoid debt, right? So they can't avoid to make that large purchase. They don't have the funds to do so. What are some things they should consider before taking on a loan or a credit card? Uh, good, good point. Good point. I, I think it's definitely um, a – it comes with having the right perspective. So like Jason just said, um, if when you go in and you were uh, creating the documentation um, – for a particular loan or something or debt you're incurring, um, you gotta, it's, it's a part of learning and understanding that, you know, that financial institution is not doing this because they're trying to do you a favor. They're doing it to make money, right? They're doing it for themselves. And um, none of the paperwork is um, lined up so that it says, you know, it says, just sign here and get your shiny brand new car. It doesn't say sign here and I'll get a lot of your future time and money. That's, it doesn't say it like that. And they don't, they smile behind the desk and they, you know, are very, you know, um, pleased with you. They're not like, are you sure you want to do this, right? It's not that that sort of a interaction. And so for those that, that have to, I think it's um, being very, very sure and um, um, confident about, you know, what it is you're doing and, and knowledgeable and informed. You know, you can always sometimes speak to, you know, others who have gone through a similar process. I'll take myself as an example. Um, I did... Um, go through undergrad um, and I'm, I'm, you know, pleased to, today to, to be debt free from uh, my um, student loans that I did take at, at the time. Um, and so I can kind of share a little bit of that journey from just the mentality when I was uh, in undergrad, I had the opportunity to um, take a, a small, what are seemingly small additional uh, loan benefits, um, benefits, um, when taking out student loans that were in a little bit of excess of what my actual tuition was, right? And at the time, those amounts seemed very small, you know, $1,500 here, um, 2000 here. And I always thought, you know, I'm going to be an engineer. I'm going to be making all this money as soon as I graduate. You know, I'll pay this off so quick. Um, and that accumulated over time. And had I had a different perspective, I would have looked at it differently. You know, while that was $1,500 that semester or 2000 that semester or 500, um, it accounted for a significant um, time period of, of work. Um, 
and future income that it that it you know it took that for me to then pay that balance off. Um, I think the same can be said for, um, you know, when I graduated, I um, was so fortunate to participate in a, um, and I, I say that sarcastically, so fortunate to participate in um, a offer that uh, the Toyota dealership was having for new graduates. Uh, they would had a special program for us to get brand new vehicles. <laughs> uh, and so I purchased a brand new uh, model year vehicle um, fresh out of school. And, and so if I were to go back now and redo that decision, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate, you know, now for that vehicle to be paid off, uh, now for several years and running strong, um, cause I've taken, uh, great care of it and maintaining it. But at the time, um, if I was, if I was to do it over again, I easily could have set aside some funds to make my current vehicle more feasible. Um, and just saved up and purchased a used car, you know, that, that would have saved me quite a bit of, of time and money and the immediate depreciation that I lost driving off the lot uh, at the, you know, the pinnacle of being in debt with uh, student loan debt from four years of undergrad, as well as uh, a brand new vehicle. So I, I think the perspective is what's key when you're, uh, you know, when you feel like you can't avoid uh, debt, there are going to be times, you know, it's, it's, it, in some way can be a tool, but, um, it's perspective is, is what you want to have. And, and I'll, um, I'll, I'll cap that off with, you know, after learning, you know, the, the, the rules and, and, and changing my perspective when I went back to do a master's degree, um, I was able to cash flow that, um, that four years of, of school part-time while working full-time, I was able to cash flow that understanding that taking out a loan while I could easily have gotten approved was not the prudent action to, to, to take. I think Jason has some, uh, some input there. Well, uh, yeah, I just wanted you to, uh, you know, a question for our audience or uh, practical tips for our audiences. Chris, uh, you talked about uh, the debt avalanche the snowball um which one did you use which one you find most helpful and kind of just step through some of the the difference between the two you know just practical tips that um someone who's coming up on this after they create their budget they kind of have the 50 30 20 how how would they attack that okay absolutely uh so from my perspective, I, I informally or un, um, unaware use the debt snowball method. Um, so I, it just seemed logically like the, uh, the one to do. And so for our viewers that don't know, that's essentially um, imagining a, uh, a snowball uh, at the top of a mountain. Um, it starts out very small. And as it rolls, it collects snow. And as it collects snow, it um, essentially continues to create mass. And as we know from the engineering side, it's gonna create um, additional uh, momentum as it's rolling down this uh, a hill. So um, it, it's, it's starting out small and then achieving the, the big goal at the end. And so uh, you do that by essentially lining up your debts uh, from smallest to largest, and then making your minimum payments on your largest debts, um, and or, or on all debts other than your your very smallest one, and then 
putting all your extra income uh, to that smallest debt so that you can get the sensation of a quick win and you can pay a debt completely off and, and close that chapter. And then you just repeat uh, with your, your second smallest debt then becomes your smallest. You throw all extra money at that particular debt while maintaining minimum payments on whatever you have and so, so forth and so on so that you can create that momentum and create that um you know, that, that sense of accomplishment. And so that, that's how the debt snowball works. Uh, you, you, you do it irrespective of, um, of the particular interest rate um, so that, you know, you're not getting too caught up in the math. Uh, um, I guess part of the thought process, process there is that the momentum is of greater value than just the, um, the interest rate. Cause if, you know, if you want to get down to being that much of a financial whiz, then perhaps you wouldn't be in so much of debt. In addition to, yeah, let's 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 speak from experience. Let's help the people at home. In addition to um, having those two recent purchases, I, I, or the the um, undergrad debt and the new vehicle, um, I did have the opportunity to move out into my own uh, apartment um, right after um, graduation, and um, I had this plan. So I purchased some furniture, and I had this plan. Um, I was going to get a mattress that was on sale. Um, and so, um, speaking actually, uh, with, with Don at, at the time I had mentioned it to him and, uh, his parents were, were going to get this mattress that was just for guests, right? It was on the cheaper side, just something to put there. And, um, when he, I guess he mentioned it to his dad that I was like saying like, yeah, if there's another one of those, let me know. Um, his dad was like, no, 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 no. This is just for a guest room for like a one night kind of thing. Um, you know, tell Chris to, he doesn't want to get that. You know, he wants to get a good mattress. It's really important. You want to take care of your back. And so I, I took that advice very, very uh, to heart. Um, so I ended up right after that other purchase financing a uh, $2,400 mattress um, as my first uh, at post-grad mattress, uh, which looking back on it was very silly. It has served me very well. It served me very well over time. It was recently retired, but um yeah, it's just it's stuff like that um, that that you learn. Um, so so that would happen to be my smallest debt at the time. So that was what I attacked first. And once I kind of had that that wake up call, it uh, it felt silly, right? And and that's kind of how I informally started to do that. So I paid that off first, and then just proceeded throughout that journey. Some would say twenty four hundred bucks is a small fee uh, to make magic happen. <laughs> <laughs> Well said. Well said. Well said. Hey, hey Chris, I will say that that is not what my dad meant for you to go find that mattress. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm no, but I, I think it's a it's a great input, man. As uh, you set these uh, structures uh, in place, it gives you freedom to allocate resources to invest in means that uh, offer you know taking care of your health. So uh, reducing debt, setting up budgets, allows you to be in position where you can exercise freedom and options, highlights just how valuable applying these uh, tips uh, and the fruits that you can reap from it. Yeah, I appreciate that, Chris. Uh, one other thing to note uh, for the audience is that Chris mentioned those debts as past tense. So, you know, his car is paid off and student loans are, are gone. So uh, just just putting that out for the audience. So uh, phenomenal, 
phenomenal. Uh, let's see. So we're going to go to our last topic, and then we'll we'll do just a quick re recap of the five topics. Uh, so yes, go ahead, Abel, with your your final topic of the day with compound interest. Thanks, Farron. So I want us to really pause and reflect on the practical financial tools and tips we've covered thus far. In the first episode with Jason, we learned how to set up a budget to better understand where your money's coming from, where it's going. With Donnell, we learned how to use automation to take the human error out of allocating your income to your checking, saving, bill payments. With Juwan, we learned how to use the 50-30-20 budgeting method that allocates your income according to your wants, needs, and savings. And finally, with Chris, we learned about the importance of managing your debt or better yet, eliminating it. So I encourage those listeners that haven't had a chance to listen to the first episode to definitely refer back to it. So as we move forward and as you continue to apply some of these tools, make them your own, adapt them to your needs, you should start to see your savings grow. Now the question becomes, what do you exactly do with that? And how do you maximize it to your benefit? And that's where the final tip comes into play. It's been dubbed as the most powerful force in the universe, which sounds like a killer used car salesman line. <laughs> but when you understand what it is and how it works, maybe you'll agree. And that is compound interest. In its simplest definition, it's interest that you earn on the principal and the accumulated interest. Chris touched on this earlier. But in its simplest form, the financial market is an exchange of money between those who have it and those who need it. And the price that is paid for exchanging that money is interest rate. Now, there are two types of interest rates, simple and compound. Simple interest rate, you are limited to just gaining interest on the principal, whereas compounded interest, on the other hand, it is interest that you build on top of the principal and the interest that you incur year over year. I think a visual metaphor that can drive home the concept of compound interest is like if you were a farmer on the foothills of Mount Rainier in Washington State. If you have been, I strongly recommend it. Beautiful place. But uh, as I digress, You've got these seeds, right? You've got these beautiful apple seeds that you plant on the ground. You do what a good farmer does by taking care of the soil, watering it, giving it plenty of sunshine, protecting it from parasites, animals. And when you do that over time, it produces a tree and it bears fruit. Now, if you just stay with that one tree and you get, say, a constant 20 apples a year, that would be simple interest. But if you were to take some of those apples, take the seeds from them and plant them right next to that initial tree and have that be taken care of to the point where it starts bearing fruit, that would kind of be like compound interest because as you continue to plant those seeds, you're gaining more return, more apples as a byproduct of that. So, so in that metaphor, 
the seeds would be your money, the work that you put to make sure that grows to be healthy and fruitful would be some of the practice that we kind of outlined with automating, budgeting, and managing your debt. We have a, I have one question, but we'll go ahead and uh, Jason provide his, his comment first. Go ahead, Jason. Awesome, awesome point, um, Neil. Um, I this I, I always understood compound interest, but to see it in play, I think the 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 one thing that I saw that really made my my mind just blown with how fast compound interest is is that question: Would you rather a million dollars or a penny double for thirty days? And that is the power of compound interest. And you can, you know, Google it. It's, it's, it's um, you know, each day, you know, the first couple of days, uh, you don't see much. And then after, I think, day 20, uh, it really starts to grow. And it's a chart that you can look it up. And it's, it's absolutely wild. Because at day 13, you know, you really at you pass a million, but it's wealth. You pass, you're at 671,000. And then, you know, by the time the next two days, it's just absolutely insane. So that is the power of compound interest that when I looked at it on my calendar, I was like, wow. Man, that is a really powerful visual representation. I think oftentimes we're so caught up in that you know, radical transformation of rags to riches in just one step <laughs> that we kind of overlook the impact small consistent steps in the long run can have, uh, whether applied to our personal life or financial life. So thanks, Jason, for that uh, awesome example. Solid. Uh, Chris, Chris has a comment. Yeah, so so my question, Abel, uh, thank you for explaining the compound interest uh, for everyone. Um, wh why do you think so many people um, are are unaware of the powers of, of compound interest? Um, you think it's a, a lack of it being taught or, you know, how, how would you explain that? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, I think there are a lot of factors that play with that. I think it always starts with knowledge and understanding of how compound interest works. And it also applies to all these tips that we've been sharing. Uh, and then once you have the knowledge and understanding, uh, applying it, taking the action, uh, it doesn't really mean much. I mean, all these tips and tools that we're sharing, unless they're applied, they don't really produce any fruit. Uh, more importantly, once you take the action, being consistent. Uh, especially when it comes to compound interest, as we saw with the example that Jason outlined, you really see the benefits of compound interest in the long term, not necessarily, not necessarily immediately. So being consistent is key. The last factor I would highlight is uh, just lack of access, especially in households of low income, uh, where your finances are structured in a way that only allows you to work on a daily basis rather than thinking long term. 
But in that type of environment, I would still encourage, you know, to explore ways to save and even the very little of uh, residual income or savings you have, putting that to practice so that it is maximized in terms of what it can get for you. So, so those are primarily the factors that I would think uh, attribute to that reality. I appreciate that. Uh, Abel, one, one other quick question. I know you mentioned platforms. So, you know, they go through creating their budget, automation, uh, you know, a, a version of the 50-30-20 rule. Uh, becoming debt-free, what are, uh, do you have platform-specific or environments where someone could today go through and start to utilize the, the concept of compound interest? Like, how would they get started? So to learn about investing and applying the tool of compound interest, I recommend uh, educational platforms like Investopedia, Smart Asset, and even Khan Academy of all places offers uh, some practical tools. As far as platforms to invest and actively trade in, I would encourage our listeners to do research to identify a platform that works best for them. Uh, it, we live in a time where this is democratized and there are a wide range of platforms out there offering uh, low premium, low deposit, low fee uh, structure. Uh, I think it's more important to uh, uh, develop your investment principle. Are you wanting to implement a long-term approach, short-term? What are the risk levels you're willing to tolerate, learning how to diversify so that you're not putting all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, I would say start there, get that established, and then consider platforms that have uh, the lowest fee structures, perhaps platforms that are offered through your employer, and so on. And then I would also recommend uh, looking at the fees that are uh, fees and minimum balance requirements when uh, ultimately deciding uh, to go with a specific platform. Hey, Sal, I appreciate that insight, Abel. I appreciate that. Um, let's see, any any other uh, comments before we recap? Uh, Donnell, did you have anything else? Or and then we'll do a quick recap. Yeah, I would just say yeah, kind of along the lines of what Juwan was saying uh, with those investment accounts. Another thing to really look at is a Roth RA which pretty much is after-tax uh, contributions, but you don't have to pay any taxes on the growth. So if you start early enough, I think the contribution limit right now is $6,000. So if you do the math out uh, 30 years or so, you'll, you'll be a millionaire without having to pay taxes on it. So I think that's another, another avenue to look at. Oh, solid. Yeah, uh, great feedback. Okay, uh, let's see. So um, one of my favorite takeaways from, from this entire podcast, we went over... Uh, everyone has, you know, degrees in engineering and some have masters, uh, which is which is phenomenal. Uh, but one of the things I, I really like is uh, these are practical steps. Uh, a lot of these concepts, uh, yeah, just practical steps that we've, we've tried and exercise uh, firsthand, um, not just a bunch of uh, theories and, and things that uh, we didn't we weren't able to see. Uh, so we went over creating a budget uh, presented by Jason. Uh, phenomenal. Uh, the acronym MAD. Uh, automation uh, by Donnell. 
uh, you talked about just different ways once you're creating a budget you go through and and automate uh, and and start those those savings and strategies uh we went over 50 50 30 and 20 rule uh by Juwan, which was phenomenal which went over uh your needs your wants and then savings becoming debt free by chris evans uh phenomenal uh not only did he provide uh practical steps the snowball method being one of the popular approaches um he's he's also an advocate and he's also debt free in many areas so uh shout outs to chris and then we find out we finish the financial tips with uh compound interest by a bell which is having your money work for you so everything that we talked about today as far as the different acronyms uh book recommendations uh how to get started in a few different areas in addition to some of the apps that we recommended again we're we're not sponsored by any of them but just things that we've tried and that have worked for us we will put down in the links below <laughs> so all right appreciate everyone for listening to the podcast uh with blacksmiths